eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. So now, like I mentioned, you know, three potential second-round picks, right? Darnell Washington out of Georgia, Sam Laporta out of Iowa, Luke Musgrave, who you have borderline. He seems like he's your, you know, 2B, you mm-hmm. know, to your 2A uh, in Kincaid. Um, and he's out of Oregon State. Now, assuming all those guys go in the second round, Luke Musgrave is the guy who stands out to you. So why is yeah. that? Why do you like him over Darnell Washington? And, you know, the guy who I have next is Sam Laporta. So I'm, I'm really curious to, to, to hear what you think about uh, why, why, you know, why you like Musgrave over him. I have, yeah, I have Musgrave and then Laporta, but I also have Laporta and Kraft very close to each other. But I do have a tier okay. break after Musgrave. I have Musgrave up in that. Um, it's actually a Michael Mayer tier, Kincaid Musgrave tier. That's kind of how Got I have it. it laid out. But uh, Musgrave, I guess the big thing for him, it, it is kind of a, a projection when you look at it on its face. 47 receptions, 633 yards over his entire career at Oregon State, which is less than ideal. He's obviously battled through some injuries, but I think Musgrave's going to be a problem in the NFL. I think he's going to reel in eight-plus touchdowns multiple times. Like I compare, I compare him to Kyle, Kyle Rudolph. Um, he doesn't do a lot uh, after the catch. And Rudolph, I grew up watching the Vikings. Rudolph was a guy that was a massive target, massive hands, a good good tight end. It was a top 15 pick, I think, in the NFL draft, Notre Dame. And I don't think Musgrave's going to be that, but you look at the top 15 fantasy seasons that Kyle Rudolph had. It was multiple. It was year after year after year. It was 8, 12, 13 random seasons where you're just like, oh, Rudolph finished up there? I was like, yeah, he did uh, because of consistency and because of the athleticism that he brings. Musgrave, 4'6", 140-yard dash, 80th percentile 40. You're talking about athleticism and speed. This guy was a slalom skier in high school. Uh, he, he, I think he was a four-sport athlete going through. I think he lacks ability to create yak, like I said, and break tackles, but his lower half's a little tight. Um, I think he has the ability to to burst after catch, but it's just it's it's not ideal. It's not on the mayor and the Kincaid level of of after catch, and it's I mean mayor's not on the same level as Kincaid, but uh, mayor still was top five in yak, I believe, at the tight end position. I think he's a good hands catcher, even in contested areas in the middle of the field. Six six, two hundred fifty pounds. Like he's got the build, the prototype, uh, and his uncle Bill is in the NFL as an offensive coordinator, so it kind of runs in the genes. The thing with Musgrave though is it's a projection. I saw what I saw at the Senior Bowl, and that's why I kept that that kept that great on there 
have Payne Durham a little higher than some people do, but again, not everybody gets to go to the senior bowl. So I have a different view on things. It's kind of like, you know, you're going to have a different view. I think maybe, I don't know when I talk about receivers today, but I know a couple guys you like down there at the wide receiver position that some people maybe don't like on Twitter because it's Twitter. And <laughs> that's just a different view that we get for going down to see these prospects uh, in a different lens. And so that's why Musgrave does end up staying up into this conversation because he's 22 and a half years old. He's also almost got a year on Kincaid. And I think he's got size. I think he's got frame. And I think he's got uh, the intangibles and the traits to be and project as a tight end. And that's a big thing at, at t- tight end and quarterback is you have to be able to project these guys because they're not all going to fit perfectly into whatever offense they get drafted to. Um, and, I think that's just kind of the way you have to deal with it. But Musgrave, I do think, is one that projects very well to the NFL if he can stay healthy. Yeah, man, that's why you're here. <laughs> because the, the position is extremely tough to project, you know, to the next level. You know, quarterback, I think, is probably the toughest. I think tight end is is yeah. is, the, is the next toughest after that. I, you know, quarterbacks, I needed to have some people on for that podcast for sure. You're here. <laughs> you know, I, I think I can handle running backs. I think I'll be all right there. Uh, you know, wide receiver, I think I'll be okay. Uh, I have a very special guest for wide receivers next week, guys. Just 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 letting you guys know. You could probably guess who that who that might be. Uh, but you know, I'll say this, man. Like. The tight end position, like you said, like there's a lot of tight ends that we've seen in the past, 30, 40, 50, and that's good, career receptions in college, right? Yeah. And, the, and and a lot of the times they're sitting behind another good tight end, right? And, you know, and we'll talk about that with Darnell Washington, right? Sitting behind Brock Bowers, right? It's like this dude is going to be one of the best tight ends we've seen coming out in a long time. He's going to come out next year. Uh, you know, he's just a beast, you know, all everything you're looking for in a tight end, like he's one, he's that dude, right? So... And Washington, he was a top 25 recruit out of high school. Like, he's ridiculously athletic, 6'7", 264. But his projection also based on that athleticism, all right? And that's all it is at this point. It's a projection. And apparently he has very good blocking skills. I saw, I think it was, I think it was Zerline who said that he could potentially play tackle at some point uh, in the NFL. So that tells you how good his blocking skills are. That could propel him to becoming a top overall tight end in the league at some point. Uh, for fantasy, seems Super risky, not somebody that you should be drafting in, in your uh, rookie drafts or anything like that. I'm looking at Sam Laporta as a much safer pick, right? And than Washington, I think there's a clear, you know, tier gap after Laporta. But I want to hit on Washington first before we hit get Laporta, uh, get to Laporta. You know, is it possible that someone like Washington, who has, who we've seen create some big plays when he got some opportunity, right, on the field? It's not just about his blocking; he has good hands. Um, and he could potentially, you know, do some work in the NFL after a couple of years without having a lot of college production. Darnell's a tough one for me. I uh, was high on him early, and as the processes went on, I've I've just pulled back and pulled back and pulled back a little bit more. And you bring up the offensive line thing, and that is something at the NFL Combine that was discussed uh, in the stadium and outside the stadium at bars. Uh, was uh, hey. Where's Darnell Washington? And you're like, well, he just ran that four six four, and he's he's an incredible athlete, right? Six seven two sixty, yeah. Uh, but when you're sitting here talking to people that are uh, in the research part of these organizations, and you go, I mean, he's a mismatch in the red zone. They go, is he? And you're like, I think he, I thought he was. And they're like, I'm not I'm not afraid of him. I, I would. I mean, I we're looking at him in offensive line. I was like, after that athleticism, you're still looking at him in offensive wow. line. And they go. <laughs> Yeah. And I said, okay, so do you draft him if he's an offensive line prospect for you? And they said, no. 
you can't draft him if you think he's an offensive line prospect. And gotcha. that like it, it kind of like was one of those like like it blew up my mind thinking that they would take a prospect like Darnell Washington with the, the with the athleticism frame that he has and just say, well, he's a tackle and we're going to make him a tackle. And, and kind of that's like a three, four year project. Uh, there was a big guy. I was like Babatunde Agabusi that they brought over from right. like uh, Australia. Right. And they tried to make him play tackle and it was it didn't work. And it was a multi-year project. And this is Darnell Washington, who's a, a coveted prospect coming out of high school to play tight end, played with right. Brock Bowers at Georgia. And yeah, he didn't have a thousand yards in his career there, but he was still like a dominant tight end with athleticism. And then I go to the pro day and the pro day really is what deterred me. I had him up to tight end three, tight end four conversation, and I plummeted him all the way down to eight right now. And why is he at eight? Because of the, the offensive line conversation. Again, he's a great blocker, great blocker. Yeah, but so is Mercedes Lewis. And then I go to the Georgia Pro Day, and I got to give a shout out to Stetson Bennett because Stetson Bennett made him look great in the receiving right. part of the, of the drills. But everything that he wasn't doing when it wasn't him t- trying to catch the football, when he was just going around, walking around, in and out of breaks and things like this, it was just like this very, it wasn't what I saw on tape. It wasn't the athleticism that you see of him leaping over dudes at this massive body frame. He looked like an old dude. He looked like an old man. Mm. And, it, and it was like, he's again, you have to take into account that this guy is 280 probably in the season. He's 6'7, six, 6'8. Six, he is a right. redonkulous shaped size person. It's like nothing yes. you've seen before, but it's almost too big. And it that's, is, it that, is almost too big. That's what went into my brain. I was like, he's almost too big. You could see, like, and it's one of those weird things. It's like, if you either can see it or you can't. To me, it looked like he was like in pain the whole time. Oh and my I, goodness! And, see, and like, I'm like, I don't know. I just it just pushes me away from things like that. Um, but I think what I saw on tape, I love that Darnell Washington. But through this process, like I said, the conversations at the combine and everything from the pro day, it really just deterred me back. So I, I, I want to know where you have him because I know a lot of people are still high on him. Um, I think I might be the lowest out of a lot of people, but I have also seen him at a couple different venues and talked to a couple different people. So. Yeah, he's also outside of my top five as well. I mean, again, you know, after a, after the few of the guys we're talking about, it's not worth taking any sort of risk in in especially in dynasty rookie drafts, which is really the lens that I'm trying to look at that look at this into. And you know, just for context, guys, I know a lot of people might not be familiar with how big these tight ends are, but for context, like most of these other prospects are six five, six six, around two fifty. Okay, and this guy measured in at the combine probably after losing some weight at six seven two sixty four. Okay, so he's probably, like you said, not walking around at 265, right? He's probably walking around a lot heavier than that. And with the context of how he would, was actually looking like at the pro day, that's, that's really good context right there. So it seems to me like, you know, if this guy was like just freaking out at his pro day, you know, I think we would have heard about it. And I think there's a reason why we didn't hear about it. Yeah, I, it's and I hate to be like negative on him or anything, but like it's sure. it's just one of those things. Like you did, like Stetson Bennett was putting balls in great spots for him, but they weren't. It wasn't like this. I, I don't know who really to compare it to. It like it wasn't like popping off the screen, kind of like what you mm-hmm. would expect out of a guy that ran a four six four at two hundred and sixty five pounds. And, like it just wasn't. And he kind of he kind of needs that, right? Like in order to for for people to really understand who he is, right? Because yeah. if you're going to stand out as a tight end cuz he's he can't stand out as a lineman right now, right? So if he's going to stand out as a tight end, he needs to pop, dude, especially yeah. you know with the size that he has and and that tweener, you know, that he's kind of being labeled as right now. So that's you know, it's funny because like the tweener that we talk about tight end is usually between wide receiver and tight end <laughs> and not tight end and lineman, right? <laughs> yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (laughs) Yeah, man. So, okay. So let's move on. I want to talk about Laporta here, man. 50 plus catches each of the last two years. Um, Fifth in the Power Five each of the last two years in yards per route run among the 15 tight ends each year who had 50 or more targets. Very good out for the catch. Uh, Even though... There were some questions around his ability there, but you know he's a very good athlete, probably the fastest tight end, you know, who'll be taken in the first three rounds. I would say, assuming that you know Washington gets taken later, you know, this dude was a former wide receiver. You know, he runs you know better routes and a more variety of routes than typical tight ends, and I think there's a lot of pass catching upside here. Uh, keep in mind that he might not be the the you know the explosive play type of guy right he had the lowest rate of 15 or more yard catches uh among these day one and day two projected tight ends so interesting to to hear what you have to say about laporta you know i think he has a decent production profile you know decent efficiency profile and you know i don't know what his ceiling is going to be in the nfl uh but but curious to hear your thoughts on him I think Laporta is very interesting, and Thor is over his heels. Thor Nystrom um, from uh, Fantasy Pros loves him. He's also an Iowa guy. He lives right. in Minnesota. He's an <laughs> Iowa fan. So it kind of has a little bit of bias in there for him. But um, I think the, the film looks like he's a wide receiver. When I see him on the field, which is a positive note, right, because that's where everyone's going with Kincaid. Everyone's like, oh, he looks like a receiver out there. I think he's smoothing it out of breaks. I think he's – my term for my one word to describe Sam Laporta is just yak.com. Uh, I mm-hmm. think that leads many to the George Kittle comp. I don't see Laporta quite on the level of George Kittle, uh, but I think there's a world where he's ranked, uh, you know, ahead of a guy that I compare him to Trey McBride, where last year Trey McBride was the tight end one. I would prefer to Sam Laporta to him. And you can see kind of where that's uh, contextually laying out from this class to last class, right? If, if Laporta's down here at three or four, and Trey McBride yep. was one. It shows you how much better this class is overall. And, uh, and McBride was taken in the first round, wasn't he? Was he like 25th overall, something yeah. like this? 20, right. Or something right. like that? Exactly. So, so, so that tells you that McBride might have been taken a little bit earlier just because of of a depleted tight end class last year. No, he wasn't first round. Damn. Boy. He wasn't? He was second I he round. Was. I think I thought he was too for a second there. We got to verify that. The 55th pick. 55th pick, not 25th. Second round. That's right. Same thing. That's but I think that's the same area that you can expect a Sam Laporta to go in, right? I think he should probably be that's like a that's like a floor for him, I think. Right. Okay. Oh, really? Because yeah. I was looking at him, his projection, it seemed to me like his projection was a little actually, no, no, you're right. It, second round. That's what it seems like to me. Now, real quick though, it's interesting because you mentioned Luke Musgrave. Do you think any of these other tight ends besides Merrick and Cade can sneak into the first round? Or do you think those other guys that we mentioned are are, are most likely second round picks? I, I don't think you'll see any, any, I, I know it's hard pressed for me to say more than Mayor and Kincaid because um, I don't know what the numbers are right now. I think they might have came out at like two and a half or three and a half when it when they did the first time. Right. But I, I would expect it. It's just Mayor and Kincaid, and I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me at all if it's just one of these guys. If it's just one, uh, right? To be quite frank, again, because you know we've heard positives on the Kincaid medicals, but maybe there's some negatives on Kincaid medicals, and maybe there's guys that don't have him graded that high. And on Mayor, I, I doubt people have gotten fatigued on that, but. Uh, 
there's a world where it happens. And then you look at the last couple of years of, of the tight end draft classes and we had none go in the first round last year. We had Pitts go two years ago and then none the year before that. And then before that it was Hawkinson and Fant. And that same conversation that I was having about Darnell Washington with that person uh, was in regards to tight ends overall and the overall landscape of tight ends being compared to what we've seen from running backs for the last four years, where it's transitioned completely away because of the hit rate, right? We saw OJ Howard, we saw Hayden Hurst go in the first round, Eric Ebron, guys like this, and continually miss. And the NFL doesn't like to miss on guys like that, right? So the running backs kind of go in this way and tight ends kind of right behind it. Now this class may fight against that just because of the athleticism and the abundance of talent. I can see that, but I think overall we need to just realize that tight end maybe isn't on the NFL teams, uh, number like on their on their list, right? Because Evan Ingram, right? He was a first round pick. He he broke out for Jacksonville this year. He was drafted by the Giants. Uh, Hayden Hurst gets traded. Fant's gone. Hawkinson's gone. Like who's next? Is Pitts going to be gone? Like these guys just don't end up uh, coming through and breaking out for fantasy terms on the team that they're drafted by. So that's why NFL teams are just starting to kind of push that position down the board a little bit. No, I hear that. So I, I interrupted you with Laporta. You were in the middle of talking about him. Laporta, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> brought it back to Laporta. Um, no, I think I compared it to Trey. Yeah, we got way off on that one, didn't we? Trey McBride yeah, we, was my. <laughs> welcome to this. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome <laughs> to the podcast where we will take three, four degrees of separation, and then we'll wrap it around, and I will bring it back awkwardly to the thing that we were talking about, and just put it right on you. So. Feel free. I love that. I love that. Back to Trey McBride. Trey McBride's where we started. That's my comp for him on player profile. We got Tyler Conklin. I think we're in that same that same boat where Jordan Reed's in the top five comparables as well. Four five nine 90th percentile, 40 yard dash. Uh, and the one telling uh, metric for tight ends is agility score. 90th percentile, 11.16 uh, agility score for Sam Laporta. He kind of fits in that same mold as a Dalton Kincaid. And I think if you're looking at a guy like Kincaid or you're worried about the injuries, you're getting a year younger in Sam Laporta. You're getting what we've seen uh, for the last 10 years out of tight ends from Iowa in Laporta. He's 246 pounds, the same frame as Kincaid. And he's got almost 1,800 yards in Iowa over the last few seasons. I think Laporta's got what it takes to kind of excel in the NFL. Like I said, yak.com. I just, I love everything he brings to the table because he looks like a wide receiver. And I think that's what a lot of people are using this Kincaid thing. He looks like a wide receiver. How about this? Sam Laporta looks like a wide receiver. How do you like that? Right. Yeah, no, for sure. And, uh, you know, I, I do have Laporta over. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Musgrave. Sorry, I lost it. Yeah, t- I do have him over Musgrave, and you got him at you know, three. Like three. Yeah, I do, and okay. uh, so that's why I'm wondering, like, what? So obviously, you know, with Musgrave, you have to, you know, kind of extrapolate a little bit here, right? So what is it about Musgrave when, you, when you're looking at these two guys, and you have somebody with a profile that is, you know, you have a little bit more to work with here, right? Mm-hmm. So for for someone like me who might not be able to to translate, you know, what somebody did with less work like like what is what do you look at musgrave like what do you see in musgrave that you're like all right well i do like him a little bit over laporta somebody who might be a little bit easier to project if that makes sense a lot of it really is just traits and size uh traits and it's like i said i mentioned before projection i think that a guy like musgrave has an easier path to excelling in fantasy when you're talking about touchdowns right musgrave is a guy that i think can be dominant in the red zone and if he brings in eight nine touchdowns and sam laporta takes a little bit of time to get on the field and he only ends up with like one in a year that touchdown difference and the the touchdown variance can really uh help musgrave uh kind of come along faster you're also looking at a guy at six six versus six three 
He's got a bigger frame. He's got a frame that can carry more weight. And he also has the athleticism, 4.61 for Musgrave with three pounds or three inches taller and five, 10 pounds heavier than Laporta, who was impressive as, a, as an athlete as well. And I like Laporta. But again, I just am trying to project who's going to be the best. And if I was, you know, obviously Meyer's up there and Kincaid's up there. But if there's going to be like a guy that I would say, all right, his range of outcomes is tight end one in this class. I would bet on Musgrave a little more than I would bet on Laporta, just cheerily because of those traits and uh, upside. That makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, six three is not, you know, that's definitely on the shorter end um, of the tight end spectrum. I would say it's just a lot tougher for for these guys to to kind of come through. Like we've seen the year yeah. after year. I mean, I could just sit here and you can think of it off your name, but uh, John U. Smith, Jeff Swaim, Evan Ingram, right. like just the Irv Smith, right? Year, like year after year after year, we see the guys that are six three, six four, and as much as we love them, it's a lot harder for those guys to break out than it is the guys that are six six, two fifty, can dominate in the run game and then in the red zone as well. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 